Welcome to Keep Purring, a Carolina Panthers podcast hosted by Ben Tucker and Eric Briggs, two lifelong Panthers fans from North Carolina. Whether you're a diehard fan or a casual observer, this is the Panthers podcast for you. Do us a favor, click on the link tree in our bio and give us a follow on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome in to Keep Purring, a Carolina Panthers podcast. This is episode 26. It's been a couple weeks since our last episode, uh, so we have a lot to get to tonight, to say the least. Uh, we are going to talk about the the Dan Morgan, Dave Canales, and Brent Tillis hires, and we're going to watch some clips from the Dave Canales, Dan Morgan introductory press conference and react to those. It's going to be uh, trial and error, hopefully that works. We've never played, you know, video clips on the pod before, but <laughs> I tested it out. Should be fine. Uh, but before we get into all that, um, for those of you watching on YouTube, um, it would mean a lot to us if you would just take a second, do all the things, like, subscribe, hit the bell icon, and leave comments too, because uh, we want to hear from you guys and we'd love to interact with you if you have thoughts or, or questions or anything like that. Uh, and one more thing, uh, we want to thank everybody, all the new subscribers that we've gotten. Um, Eric, I think you were saying it was like 80 over the yeah, last 28 like 80 days. In the last, yeah, last month. Yeah, and so that's amazing. And a huge shout out to, I think we can attribute a huge chunk of that to uh, the PNP guys, Dave and Rashad. They, um, they had me on the podcast a few days ago. Um, if you... If you didn't see that, go check it out on their page. But we definitely got a huge bump in uh, in subscribers from that. So just um, thank you, thank you guys for subscribing. We really, really appreciate it. And if you're a um, if you're a non-subscriber but you're watching, then don't hesitate to just click that subscribe button. Um, we would really, really appreciate that and be grateful for that. Because did I mention? Did I already mention that over half? Yeah. So we looked at our metrics for YouTube. And interestingly, like 56% of our viewership over the last 28 days was from non-subscribers. So um, listen, we, we would just appreciate it. Just hit that button, man. We would, we would love that. Even if, even if you don't, you can watch us on mute. Um, we would just, we just need the, we just need the numbers. We're just, we just care about the numbers. <laughs> Please help us. Um, so we're going to get into all this, but man, I, I hate that I'm at this point, but I think I'm bought back in. I think I'm back in. It didn't take you long. It didn't take me long, but I'm, I mean, I'm proceeding with caution. I'm proceeding with caution, but I'm excited. I mean, I feel like this, this feels, this actually feels like a little bit of us hitting the reset button. I mean, you yeah. know, we, we finally, the Dan Morgan hire wasn't, uh, you know, that's not what we wanted to happen, but, um, with the yeah. new coach that with Brent Tillis, all that stuff, it feels like a reset a little bit at least. Yeah. I think and we'll get into the, uh, individually here shortly, but, um, I think with, I think talking about like being back on, like on board, whatever, I think that with, for me, with the Dan Morgan hire, it felt like we were going to be doing more of the same things. And then when we yeah. hired Dave Canales, it felt like, well, maybe we weren't. So um, I, I think that it was the combination of Dan Morgan being hired first 
um, and feeling like it's kind of more of the old guard. Uh, and then having somebody new and some fresh energy, I really enjoyed the press conference. We'll, we'll see some of the stuff from that today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that for me, it was it's the juxtaposition of those two of like something that we're very, very used to because he even played here versus, yeah. you know, and then somebody who um, is a bit of a known quantity because he's been around for a while, but not associated with us. Yeah. So I guess before we I didn't really have this on the docket, but I do want to mention it just before we get into all the video clips from the press conference. Like, I think it's worth mentioning the coaching cycle um the the hiring process that we went through like how all that played out in hindsight mm -hmm. yeah um ben johnson you know he was the apple of david tepper's eye he was the apple of a lot of panthers fans eyes including mm -hmm. me um and uh you know ultimately for the second year in a row he decides ah i think i'm good in detroit i want to run it back one more time mm -hmm. uh and then you have Bobby Slowick. He decides he's going to go back to Houston. Yep. Um, you know, Bill Belichick didn't get a job. Mike Vrabel didn't get a job. And uh, for me, I don't know what your rankings were, your final, like in your head, what your coach rankings were. For me, mm -hmm. the only guys that, like a few days before we hired Dave Canales, the only guys that I had ahead of him on just my personal preference list yeah. were Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, and Mike McDonald. Two of those guys went back to their teams. McDonald mm -hmm. obviously got hired by the Seahawks, and I think he's going to be a really, really good coach. Um, but Canales, for me at least, was right there. I mean, just yeah. based on all the research that I had been doing about him, um, you know, we won't go into too much detail about it. I just, I was really impressed by him and just kind of his, his history, um, his coaching lineage, you know, um, learning from Pete Carroll, who I think is a great coach. Not a bad mentor at all. Not, not a bad, you could do worse. You could do worse. And, uh, and obviously it's been talked about ad nauseum, but the, the, the work that he's done with, with the quarterbacks, you know, yeah. Russell Wilson had uh, two or three really good years um, with Dave Canales uh, working pretty closely with him. And then Geno Smith comes in and he's like, he's a forgotten man. Like he he's, he's a career yeah. backup quarterback and he comes into Seattle and plays like a, like a pro bowler. He, he was, he was legitimately not this past season, the one that just ended, but last mm -hmm. season, he he was legitimately like a top. He played like a top ten, top twelve. Yeah, quarterback. Yeah, he he was he was definitely north of average. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I think good. you can credit credit to Geno Smith, obviously, but you can give a lot of credit to to um, to Dave Canales being his quarterback coach. And I don't know if you did you see the interview or I, um, I think Joe Joseph Person um, with the Athletic he put out. Uh, an interview with uh, Geno Smith, I believe, I think I'm getting that right. And see some of the things that Geno Smith had to say about Canales, just like, I didn't see it. Yeah. I mean, I won't go into it, but just, he had rave reviews and just credited Canales with a lot of, mm -hmm. uh, he gave him a lot of credit essentially for, yeah. um, turn, helping turn his career around. Then he goes and 
you know, Baker Mayfield looked terrible with us, <laughs> uh, with the Panthers. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then he goes to the LA Rams for a few games and he has a couple good games. And it's like, where was this guy in, in uh, Carolina? But then yeah. this year, like when Dave Canales took that job with Tampa Bay, I don't know if you remember, but like there were a lot of people saying that that was not a good job to take the offensive mm -hmm. coordinator job for the Buccaneers uh, because Tom Brady was gone. They were working with Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. And uh, there were a lot of people uh, that as far as Dave Canales that were like, what are you doing, man? Like, why are you leaving Seattle? Like you're leaving, you know, a good thing. You got a good thing going mm -hmm. there. And he took the challenge. And I think it's safe to say like the Buccaneers exceeded a lot of expectations that Baker Mayfield had his best year statistically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I, I really like the Dave Canales hire. And then, um, and then the, the Dan Morgan, I'm warming up to it, you know, as we move along. Uh, it's, it's just, I think you and I agreed. Don't you agree that like, it's just hard to separate uh, him and Scott Fitterer. Yeah. You know? It's impossible for me. I mean, <laughs> I still haven't. Uh, I, I just, I, I haven't. Um, to me, again, you and I talked a little bit about it right after it happened. It was kind of like, what the hell are we doing? I yeah. thought we wanted something different, not something the same. Uh, so I still haven't bought into that. Yeah. I still haven't bought into um, him being the right hire. I don't know if he is or not. Uh, I should probably stop believing that we have the right hire because I've done that the last two times that we've yeah, <laughs> previous exactly. times that we, you know, uh, so, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm squarely in the show me camp. Mm -hmm. um, I am excited about uh, Dan Morgan and Brant Tillis working closely together, given the, a lot of the things yeah. that Brant Tillis uh, has done at the chiefs. the chiefs yep and um <clears throat> you know hopefully that takes some of the contract stuff off and you know it, it just yeah. it allows um dan to focus more on scouting and who we're putting out on the field yeah like who we're, who we're putting on the field but and, that's that's the concerning thing that's that's uh, that's one of the concerning things is that i know a lot of the personnel decisions that have been made over the last you know two three years have not turned out well, like yeah, it, from, a, from, from like a player evaluation standpoint. But but at the same time, even though, yes, Dan Morgan was the assistant general manager for all those years. And mm -hmm. even though uh, it's been reported or it's 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 widely known that like he and Scott Fitter are like best friends. They, they bought a house in the same neighborhood. Um, they were attached yeah. to the hip in a lot of ways. But we don't know exactly what the power structure was. We don't know, mm -hmm. yeah. I guess, really how much say, you know, how much final say Dan Morgan had in some of those, you know, just, I yeah. don't think when you talk about like trades and free agent signings and stuff, like, yeah. I don't know how much say he had in those types of things. It's hard to, we won't know. Yeah. You know, have you, have you seen Hamilton? No, the musical? I still haven't okay. seen it. You need to. You we need to make that happen. It's excellent. <laughs> but there's a song in there called um, that says no one else was in the room where it happened, and it was talking about a deals getting done. And yeah. uh, 
people went into the room, deals got done in a way that nobody thought they were going to, and nobody knows what happened in that room. And I feel like that's how we are with like uh, with the front office to a certain extent between you know Dan Morgan and Fitterer and how all of that worked. Yeah, we're not in the room where it happens, yeah. right? So we have no idea what those conversations were like. We have no idea if Dan Morgan was basically standing up on top of the table saying, hell no, I'm not going to sign off on this. Or he might've said, sweet, go ahead and bring the paperwork over. We'll sign it at our next barbecue. I don't know what those conversations were like. Right. And and none of us do, which is why I'm squarely in the show me phase, because Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to say Dan Morgan's tainted, but he certainly has, you know, he has some stains given the fact that he's been here when yep. a lot of the shit show was going down. Um, so that, that hire was just so strange to me. I, I, I didn't understand it then. I still don't understand it now. And I'm, I'm just going to see how it goes. You know, yeah. I, we'll, we'll get into that. I don't know if this is one of the clips that's sent from the press conference, but somebody did ask uh, Dan Morgan about drafting strategy and whether we were going to yeah. try to move back up into the first, first yeah. round. Uh, so we'll, we'll touch on that in a second, but I don't know. That's where I am with Dan. Uh, I hope he does well, obviously, but um, I don't know. He's gonna have to. Yeah. He's gonna have to prove it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to. Okay, one more thing before we jump into the video clips. Uh, I forgot to mention this earlier because this was so crazy. If you remember, um, I was freaking out about this. Uh, this was a few days before we hired Dave Canales. Mm-hmm. You remember the screenshot that I sent you of the tweet, the Twitter interaction that I had with Mm -hmm. Dave Canales, brother. Mm -hmm. So I said at the time, uh, after this, after this went down, I said, if we end up hiring Dave Canales, uh, I'm going to shout this from the rooftops. I'm going to take a delusional amount of credit. (laughs) And that's exactly what I did, but here's what, here's what happened. Um, let's see. So I'm going to share my screen real quick because you sound like you're at work, brother. You sound like you're doing a presentation at work. You're like, all right, can everybody see my, can you see my screen? Can everybody Uh, see my screen? Sorry, Steve, you're on mute. There we go. Okay. So, uh, this was actually another tweet where I was trying to get, uh, get them to come on the podcast unsuccessful. By the way, that was crazy. The day that we hired Dave Canales, all the Panthers podcasts were like Mm -hmm. tagging Dave Canales, like uh, commenting on his posts, creating their own. Like people were chomping at the bit to try to get him to come on the podcast. So Mm -hmm. if anybody does get him to come on their podcast, then kudos to you because (laughs) I was unsuccessful. But this was the tweet and it's kind of hard to see. But uh, this was a few days before we hired Dave Canales when I was starting to kind of feel like it was leaning that direction. I tweeted at his brother, Josh Canales. Seems like a very nice guy. And I said, um, hey, Josh Canales, tell Dave Panthers Nation would welcome him with open arms as our new head coach, despite beating us twice this season. Mm -hmm. And Josh responded and said, appreciate that. Bryce Young is a SoCal guy as well, or also lots of connections there. Never know what God has in store. Hmm. Interesting. And I took that and I was like, I mean, he could just be saying that, but does he know something? 
Does he know? Listen, I mean, he, he didn't had... have he didn't have to bring up Bryce Young. He didn't have to bring that up. I said nothing about Bryce Young being a SoCal guy. Yeah, I know. But listen, of <laughs> course he's talking to his brother about what's going on. His brother probably left the interview. We've all done it. It would be like, I absolutely destroyed that interview. If yeah. they don't hire me, they're crazy. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and so, you know, that very well may have been, you know, kind of what was going on. He's not going to say yes or no, right? Like, I mean, no. his, his brother. No, of course so, not. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, just saying it was a little cryptic. It was a little like, let's read the tea leaves here. Okay. I, I think it's kind of like you're looking at clouds and you see a bunny. You know what, Eric? <laughs> just let me have this, man. Uh, to be fair, you've been having it for a few days. I work is, is hard. It... I have a I have a family. I have a full time job. A stressful job. Just let me let me just be delusional about this. All right, all right. Hey, listen. And... We have we have you alone to thank uh, for bringing. Uh, no. I'm not I'm not here. saying that Dave Canales is the reason or that the that I'm the reason the Panthers hired Dave Canales. I'm yeah. just saying like I might have uncovered a little something there. All right. Okay. That's it. That's like all. It. Okay. That's all. And that's the end of that. And I'll never speak of it again, probably. But probably not. <laughs> you definitely will. I will, for sure. <laughs> I I may I may or may not have it um bookmarked and i have it saved in my phone it is anyway, in your, your, phone, your phone background it is not it is not my phone background <laughs> i'm not i'm not that lame pretty pretty lame but uh no i'm not that hopeless That's great okay so let's get into the you want to get into the press conference now yes yeah, let's do it so um we'll get into the the audio or the video clips but first of all i it it struck me that uh, sort of the juxtaposition to comparing this to Frank Reich's press conference because mm -hmm. that wasn't that long ago. Nope, <laughs> that was not approximately very long a ago. year. Approximately a year, and uh, I don't know if you felt this way, but when I thought back to Frank Reich's press conference, it felt a lot more formal. And yeah. it felt it felt almost like he was up there giving a sermon. You know what I mean? Frank Reich, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It just in comparison to the vibe that Dave yeah. Canales and Dan Morgan gave off today, the fact that they were both up there together. It wasn't just Dave Canales mm -hmm. at the at the podium. Like I was surprised at that, honestly. When I turned it on and yeah. I saw both of them, I was a little bit surprised. Yeah. I mean, I I was I didn't know that that was going to be happening necessarily either, but it just it just kind of struck me kind of the difference. It's just a totally different vibe from me ago. Yeah, I think though, uh, just to, to insert something there, I do think that um, I think that there is a concerted effort within the Panthers organization to show a very united front, more so yeah. than normal between Canales and Morgan. Yeah, uh, we saw that when they came into the offices for the first day, mm -hmm. uh, they came in together and yeah. they both spoke to everybody that was, you know, gathered in like the four year there. Yep. Um, so I, I've just noted, it, it seems like that is a conscious effort. And I don't know if that's in order to break Dan Morgan away from Fitterer or, you know what I mean? Like from a, like a perspective or perception standpoint, I'm not well, really I think sure. It's that they, well, I think it's that they want to 
I think it's exactly what you said. Like they want to portray uh, Canalis and Morgan as a united front alignment. Yeah. It's all about alignment. You, you heard that word like mm-hmm. 50 times during that press conference. Um, they want to yeah. make sure that fans know that um, the front office and the coaches are now in alignment. And um, maybe this is just me being, you know, hopeful and optimistic, which I tend to be, but I think it's pretty genuine. I think they have an actual genuinely uh, good relationship. I think yeah. they have a friendship. They, they spent eight years together, seven years together in Seattle. They're, they're, they talked about it. Their offices were what two doors down mm-hmm. from each other. I mean, they're friends. They have a relationship yeah. and that goes a long, long way. And it's something that alignment and that unified uh, front, um, it's just, it, it's something that we haven't had. We haven't had that ever. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I again, I feel it this time and it, it just, it does feel a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and listen, you, you work better with people that you like. It just, yeah. it just goes that way. Um, yeah. You know, like, hey, like you and I doing this podcast, if we didn't like each other, we can't do the podcast, right? Uh, so, you know, I think that I, I just noticed, I just noticed, it. I don't know why I can't put my finger on it. It's one of those things yeah. I can't like identify. It just felt, it felt different. It felt yeah. different the last couple of days. No, I get it. All right, let's get into these video clips. So um, here's the first one. Uh, and I'm kind of going chronologically. I picked out seven or eight different clips that I thought we could play here and then kind of react to them, discuss it with each other. So uh, this first one here and uh, fingers crossed, hopefully no technical issues. And I can't promise that, um, you know, an ad or two uh, might not pop up here and there that I have to skip. So (laughs) this is pulling straight from YouTube. So we'll see how it goes. But this first clip is uh, towards the beginning of the presser. Dave Canales uh, talking about his time in uh, Seattle with Pete Carroll. So let's uh, let's get this rolling. It's to be able to do that. I'm really appreciative there, um, which takes me back to my time in Seattle and to formulate an identity, to formulate a football DNA that wins 10 out of 13 years to the playoffs. I just coached in my 20th and 21st playoff games. Uh, this, these last past couple of weeks. Um, and so I'm just really appreciative of Pete Carroll, who pushed me to think about the next thing. Just quit looking just at the quarterback. Quit just staring at the wide receiver's route. Open your eyes. What's happening with these combos? You see what the defense is doing? Did you notice we're playing a lot more of this coverage this camp? Open your eyes. Think bigger. Be prepared. I can't thank Pete enough. Um, and uh, I'm going to miss a bunch of other names. But at that point right there, I just want to also just thank the players, um, the guys who who really just did a fantastic job in it. And most recently, you know, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield, these guys that I got to just spend so much life with um, to learn, to watch them grow as men, to watch them grow as football players. Um, it's their fault that I'm here. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> it's, uh, it's about the players. Um, my family. Uh, All right. I'm going to stop that one there. What are your thoughts? 
I thought it was the smoothest way to tout your accomplishments ever. Uh, <laughs> I thought, <laughs> I, just, I thought it was great. I mean, you know, he comes across, it really is. I don't want to say the antithesis of Frank, Wright Cause it's not, no, it is. I've, answer. I have tweeted those exact words. Oh, have you? Yes. Yes, I have. Well, I, it, I mean, it, I don't know that I'd go that far, but I respect I respect the position. Uh, I do think, though, that he, um, I don't know. He just comes across as a genuine dude, and he comes across yep. as a guy that yep. players probably want to play for. Um, you know, he's not ridiculously like over the top intense, right? Um, you know, like we saw uh, up in Detroit couple years ago and nobody's biting anybody's kneecaps off you know so like we didn't it wasn't like that kind of introduction right um but i did really like a lot of the things that he had to say i thought he was able to come out and very quickly give him some of the bona fides like hey if you can walk in and say we made to the playoffs 10 out of the last 13 seasons that i was uh in seattle that's that's pretty darn good yeah (laughs) that's that's really really good um so i thought that was that was great and i think that he was also i I really loved we both kind of (laughs) laughed his quip about you know they're the reason why i'm here yep a little bit of self-deprecation uh but i just i came away from it i really liked what he had to say i'm glad you stopped the clip when when you did uh so i don't have my ear my uh, my like eyes well up with with some tears um well no that's coming next oh great okay all right all right yeah no but that was my that was my thought i really I, i liked I liked his approach. I liked his energy. I liked the vibe. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that the players respond to it as well. Yeah. I, um, well said, I think, uh, there is not seemingly, of course we don't know him, but I've, as somebody who has watched a nauseating amount of, uh, of, of interviews with him on YouTube and done a lot of research on him, it it seems like there's not a disingenuous bone in his body. Like he really mm. seems like a genuine person. Uh, yeah. And I love, I love, I love the humility. You know, yeah. it's their fault. I'm here. By the way, it's the players. <laughs> They're the ones out there. Yeah, on I liked the it. Field, you know, putting their bodies on the line. I'm just, I'm just giving them the tools to be able to do it, and helping them. But it's their fault I'm here. I just think that's, you know, the humility there and the self-deprecation, like you said. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Let's take a look at the second clip here. And this is the one that um, this is the one that you were talking about earlier great, great. where your, um, where your uh, eyes might well up with tears. Yeah, I don't I don't have any tissues. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you'll have to just make do. Uh, this is. Uh, I had to throw this in here because you we were texting about it earlier, and uh, you know we're a couple of softies, yeah, uh, two two dads, uh, a couple of softies here. So stuff like this really gets us. But this is Canalis acknowledging his his uh, kids and uh, thanking his wife from the press conference today. Friends that have um, been supportive over the years, um, my kids, Ashby, Ben, B, Mai Mai. Amaya, um, who lend their dad to this profession for six months at a time. Um, but we fight for each other. We fight for windows. We fight to connect, um, to listen to each other and to grow together. Um, and finally, my wife, Lizzie. Here it is. Yeah, that's tough, man. 
I mean, it's beautiful, but it's tough. Yeah. 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 For those of y'all who cannot see it, he's at, he's at a loss. Her fault. 20 years ago, I'm, I'm the head JV coach at Carson high school fired up. I'm so excited. We go to play Venice high school. It's my first game coaching. She's sitting, sitting up in the stands with about 35 crazy parents. Um, and, uh, we got smoked 34 to 13 that day. <laughs> it was the greatest day of my life because I had found it. I found my passion. I love that. And after two years of doing that, she comes to me and she knew all I wanted to do was be the head coach at Carson high school. That's what I wanted to do. Take it, get us back on top. Um, try to win championships and do all that. And she said, Hey, don't get me wrong. I love your dream. You're really good at this. I think you can go as far as you want and I got your back and I'll make it happen, whatever we need to do. And, and she did, and she worked three jobs at times. Um, and she told me the hard truths. Um, and when I had problems with players or coaches said, you know what you need to do? You need to sit down and have those conversations. And she's just been everything to me. This is our journey. This is our dream. Um, and we've been so excited and, and prepared for this opportunity. Um, so thank you. And I love you, babe. All right. I mean, that's, that just, it just warms your heart, man. It really does. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't, Yeah. if you, if you don't at least, if that doesn't tug at your heartstrings a little bit, I mean, come on, it's got to, you know, Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, I don't, the the whole I I have to think that knowing the history with his relationship with his wife, you know, some of that stuff that's resurfaced recently, you know, the book that they wrote together. Are you are you familiar with this? A little bit about it, yeah. Bit. Yeah, it's I won't, I'm not going to go into detail about it, but they wrote a book together. You know, a couple years ago, uh, he had some rough times earlier in their in their marriage and. Um, some rocky, rocky stuff that they they made it through it and they they got through it together. And you just feel like there's, um, you know, that 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 pause that he had, you know, mm-hmm. when he was looking over in her direction and he he got emotional. There's just so much behind that. Yeah. And uh, you just love to see it. You love to see that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if you've ever been in a, a relationship like that, then you you can kind of understand that um, working really, really hard and finally getting to where you wanted to be and everything yeah. that you worked for and recognizing that you could not have done it without the person right. that you go home to every day. Um, is, is I mean, I, I, I really love that. The, you know, the other thing that uh, kind of hit me, though, in kind of the opposite way yeah. um, was him talking about trying to find windows to see his kids. Mm-hmm. Man, that's just that like that really kind of like humanizes, yeah. uh, you know, what what these coaches do and what the players yeah. do and the other employees and how much time they give to the Panthers and and and, and their craft in general. Yep. Um, you know, I as a as a as a dad, um I I un, I mean I understand that, you know, especially uh, you know, as he's getting older, trying to find those those windows sometimes it gets tougher and uh i don't know that that one like i respected the fact that like he he is intentional about it and they prioritize it and all of that but i don't know it's just there's something about being gone away from your family so much that you have to find those windows 
Uh, and at one point in the in the conference in the press conference, he said something about being away from your family for six months or something like that, um, or giving yourself not being with your family. Well, essentially, six months, six months exactly out was, of the but, year. Yeah, it's, right. It's, but it's still, like, but like, like as a, a parent, seven type type thing. Yeah, but as as a parent, like I I wouldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I'm not willing to do that. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I I just it I it was emotional in both in to me in like both directions of all like the really good stuff, but also the the kind of the darker side of things that you don't see behind because all we see is the press conferences. You know. Yeah. Yep. All right. The next thing. Next thing is uh, Dan Morgan. This is. I think you were talking about this earlier. This is him talking about the type of players that they want to bring in moving forward with the Panthers. Likewise. Um. You know, just kind of wanted to talk about like the type of players that we want to bring in here and just DNA wise. Um, first of all, we, we, we need to find those leaders, those competitors, as Jay Stu would say, those dogs. Like we need some dogs. Like we got to get some guys He's that intense, are passionate man. about football. Yeah. They love football. They want to come out every day and compete on the practice field, in the weight room. We need competitors. We got to bring that back here. We got to bring that back here to Bank of America Stadium to where people get excited about coming to see our team. Yep. Um, we're super passionate about bringing a team that the fans can be proud of, um, that our, you know, players can be proud of. Like when when they when we, when teams drive up to this stadium, we want them to fear that logo. The logo has to be feared again because right now, it's not feared. So we got to get that back, but I think it starts with getting the right type of players. And it's guys like you, like Thomas Davis, Jonathan Stewart, Usain Muhammad. We got to get those type of guys. Um, we want players with grit. You know, we want players like Steve Smith, you know, play with a chip oh, yeah. on your shoulder. No holds mm-hmm. bar. He's not taking any prisoners. Uh, we need those type of guys. Instincts and tenacity of Thomas Davis. And Luke Keekley, guys like that that can make plays. Uh, we need playmakers out there. We need competitors of J- like Jake DeLome. Um, guys that they're going to compete in everything they do, and they're going to be pissed off, and they're not going to they're not going to stop until they <laughs> win. Those are the type of guys we need. You know, I, I remember in 2003 we had our playoff game here, and I remember those towels out there, the the white towels waving around. That's my dream for this organization. Talking to, I was talking to David about that today, and we need to we need to get that back, that excitement back here, and that's our goal: is to roll up our sleeves, work hard, and find those type of players that are going to help us get back to home playoff Whoa. games and winning. And that's that's what we want to be about here. I love it. I mean, yeah, you know. That's it's the keep pounding mindset, dude. Like mm-hmm. it just seems like you think back to, like you said, the Jake DeLome, Steve Smith days, or the or the yeah. Cam Newton, um, uh, the Cam Newton days with Jonathan Stewart and Greg Olson and Thomas Davis and all those guys, and it just uh, it just seems like this the the juice and the life has been sucked out of this team and this organization. Over yeah. the last, you know, what six, seven years? Six years, yeah. Um, and he, I, I 100% agree with everything you said. Like, I love, I love that yeah. he's saying it, 
I love I love that he's saying it, but obviously it's about now putting that into action. And at the end of the day, all that matters is that we win. That's all. That's what yeah. it comes down to. But they got to. I, I like the. I like the thought process. I like the approach. Yeah, I, I mean, I again, I've I've said earlier uh, in this episode that I'm uh, I'm going to be in the wait and see camp. Yeah. Um, just because uh, yeah. we've been burned before, but I will say this: I think it's pretty evident that it is harder uh, for somebody who has not been part of the keep pounding culture mm-hmm. to join into that. Right. Um, and what I mean is Dan Morgan like embodies that. Oh yeah. yeah right. 100%. And, yeah. and I think that there is zero question as you watch him talking about it and the passion. And you could tell that those accolades for the past players were real. It wasn't just lip yep. service that he was paying to, you know, people that are around the ring of honor or any of that kind of stuff. He, he knows those players in a way that not many coaches or front office people do. Right. And I think that that has to be why the Teppers made the decision to hire him. It has to be, it had to be, that had to be such like an overwhelming, like part of his identity and the passion that he was going to be able to bring in this new role. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing that I can figure that, that outweighs the stigma attached to Scott Fitterer that he was his right-hand man. Right. Right. And so I, I loved what he said. I love, he was able to say, we need this for like we had with uh, Stewart. We need this, like we had with Moose. We need this, like we had with Smith, you know, like we, we need those type of players. So it's almost like what I was talking about with Dan Campbell up in Detroit, just without the, some of the aggressiveness, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. in terms of the types of players that we want to to bring in here. So yeah. I do think it's a it's a, an incredibly different feel to what mm-hmm. we saw in the introductory press conferences uh, or press conference last year. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that, you know, this is kind of both of them being new, doing it at the same time when Bitter had you know was already here. But um, I don't know. I just it just feels it feels so different now. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that translates into wins or not but it it does have a different vibe attached to it and i would love for us to have some of that hard nose ground and pound type you know stuff and let you know uh do some play action runs and do some of the other things that you know we can do off of it and i don't know i'm not like i said i'm not the x's and the o's guy but i i was very encouraged by the things that dan morgan was saying and i do think that it can inspire confidence um, not just within the fan base, but within the players as well. Yeah. We never heard this kind of language from Scott Fitterer. I think you made no. a huge, you made a great point in the fact that, um, you know, Dan Morgan's, uh, you know, his past with the team, the fact that he, it's so ingrained in him that keep pounding approach. Yeah, it's, that part keep pounding. it's part of his DNA. I mean, he, he was with Sam Mills. Like he was, a, yeah. he was part of the genesis of keep pounding. And yeah. um, there is something to be said for that. I mean, uh, I, I think, you know, I, I do think, I don't want to take all credit away from some of his Dan Morgan's accomplishments because prior to, mm-hmm. I will say that prior to Carolina, you know, he spent seven years in Seattle with a successful organization. He went to Buffalo and um, helped build up that roster 
and had a lot yeah. of success over there. It's just been the last two and a half years or so with Scott Fitterer and, and company that things haven't gone well. But again, I don't mm -hmm. know how much of that you can really necessarily peg on Dan Morgan. All I know mm -hmm. is when Scott Fitterer was in charge, when he was the GM, we didn't hear this type of language. We didn't get this mm -hmm. type of vibe. And if anybody can restore like the keep pounding, you know, mantra and bring mm -hmm. that, bring those types of players in, it would be Dan Morgan. And it feels like Dave Canales is like the perfect right hand man to help him do that. So let's get to the next clip. So uh, this one is Dave Canales talking about his football philosophy. So let's listen to this one. You got. Um, and for me, if it was this simple, how do we do that? It's our football philosophy here. It's all about the ball. We got to be crazy about getting the ball on defense. We got to be raking at the quarterback's elbow when we come when we're when we're sacking the quarterback. Every tackle has got to be an opportunity to get this ball back. Offensively, everything we do from the protection calls all the way to how we carry it to our receivers transitioning and the quarterback, the decisions all is about taking care of the ball. Plus one equals eighty-two percent win. That's a historical number. If we can just be one turnover better than our opponent, look what we can do. We'll set ourselves up for success. And that's, if I can make it that simple, what if I told you in the wild card round that the quarterbacks and teams that didn't turn it over won the game? It was as simple as that. We ain't even talking X's and O's and what the style and philosophy of our offense or defense is. If we make it about the ball, we can go as far as we want to and put ourselves in a position to be a championship team. Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously some of that's like coach speak or whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it, but, um, you know, for, for what it is, I, I approve of the mindset of the approach. It's all about the ball. Seems pretty simple. Um, you know, take care of the, try yeah. to take away the ball. If you're a defender, always, you know, try to create turnovers and, and take the ball away from the other team. And if you're on offense, don't give the other team the ball, <laughs> you know, it's pretty simple. And like you said, it's uh, typically, you know, you watch these, the best teams, the ones that are left in the playoffs and typically the team that uh, takes care of the ball is the one that wins. Um, may not always be that way, but uh, well, what yeah, I mean, not plus, always, but it's plus one percent win that yeah. stat that he just said. Yeah. I mean, it's Any, been that way a long time. It's been, yeah. you know, like the, the turnover differential is always one of the first statistics that you look at. Yeah. And I do think a lot of that is kind of, you know, coach talk. Yeah, I think that's great. Fine, whatever. Um, but I also do think that you can't just say that without talking about the X's and the O's because the the ball got turned over somehow. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. you know, if it wasn't somebody just – you know, being care careless and carefree with, with holding the ball and getting it punched yeah. out. It was an interception that it was a wrong read. It was a wide receiver that ran the wrong route, uh, you know, because he thought he saw something in the defense and he and the quarterback weren't on the same page. It's the center not calling the right, right. protections. You know, like it's, it's all of those things that go into it. Um, I So I, I agree that turnover differential is incredibly important. Every statistic tells us that, but I do believe it's an oversimplification of what it takes to win the turnover differential. Gotcha. Okay, the next one is uh, one of the reporters, Carla Gephardt, asks Dave Canales um, about his experience with the quarterbacks. 
that he has helped develop and how that might um, help him continue to develop Bryce Young. I thought this one was interesting. We want to become. Carla Gethard of Fox Charlotte. My question's for Dave. You mentioned your experience with quarterbacks. I want to know how that experience might help continue to develop Bryce Young in his second year. Uh, attention to the details, first and foremost. Um, it all starts off with relationship. Uh, Bryce and I just getting to know each other. Um, I want him to know that I have his best interest at heart. I want him to be the best possible version of himself. That's the same approach that I've taken since I've been coaching position um, in the NFL. And um, that's really the approach I want to take with him. Some of, the, uh, some of the other things that kind of come to mind, thinking about the quarterbacks that I've worked with um, over the last couple of years is we are going to become what Bryce is great at in the past game. We're going to grow to the capacity that he can handle. Um, there's got to be a commitment and a discipline about that. There was a growth curve there with Baker. Here's where we're at today. Based on the information we have, let's get into these situations to see where he looks most confident when I see that back foot planted in the ground and that ball rips out of there. Without any hesitation, I know we got something. Let's find more of those. Let's put it in three different personnels and a couple formations and motions. What are your thoughts? Uh, I bluntly, I fucking love just saying, I don't know. Let's see what Bryce is good at and do that thing. What a novel concept. <laughs> it seems like an oversimplification here, but uh, it is refreshing. Now, I will say that at this point in like Frank Reich's press conference, he didn't know who the quarterback was going to be, right? So there were some things that he couldn't necessarily say and, and put out yeah. into the speak out to the world. But I do really appreciate the fact that, you know, uh, <laughs> Dave's like, yo, we don't have to make this harder than it actually is. Uh, yes. Yeah. We're, we won't, we're going to try to help him be the best version of himself that we can. We're going to play to his strengths and do the things that make him shine and make him better. Um, and then once we figure out what those things are, we're going to give it, put it in, you know, three position groups and a couple of uh, formations and then run a whole bunch of different stuff out of it. You know, yeah, I, I loved it. I, it's it, Bryce Young is our number one asset mm -hmm. and literally everything that we need to do. Uh, has to be done through making him the best version of himself possible. Yep. And obviously every coach knows that, <laughs> but I, you know, again, there just does, there does some uh, seem to be something different about his approach and the simplification that he puts into, you know, Hey, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. There's, there's ways that we can, that we can complicate it and we will need to, but at the end of the day, let's just put the players in the best position for them to succeed. And that means, understanding what their strengths are and, and playing to those. So I, I loved it. I'm assuming you probably did too, since you chose it. Um, nah, what are, terrible. What are I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I loved it too. And I liked what he said about like, he knows from a confidence standpoint, like he knows when something is working, when it's something they're going to be able to work with. When he sees the quarterback drop back, as soon as their back foot plants into the ground at the, at the top of their drop and they, they rip it, as he likes to say. Um, he's like, okay, now we got something. Yeah. And that's that's we we saw glimpses of that from Bryce, yeah. but in so a majority in a majority of the season, uh, I it, I feel like it was the antithesis of that. 
And mm -hmm. that's not all on Bryce. It was the offensive line. It was the receivers being slow and not getting open. The timing was just never there with never. this offense. And never. and I I think it's fair to say that that uh, I think Bryce's confidence level, not in himself, but in the play on the field in the offense, the offensive scheme that he was running in the in the offensive line that he was playing behind it was yeah. apparent that Bryce's confidence took a little bit of a hit this year absolutely and so absolutely. i think i think dave canales is the perfect person to rebuild that confidence on the field but also the i i i won't overlook the relationship side of it either um by all accounts this guy is a an elite um communicator and relationship builder and when you're in a leadership position regardless of what what field you're in those are superpowers and he has been able to he's been able to resurrect the careers of yeah two quarterbacks the last two years and and i i'm i'm not saying we're at that point with bryce he does not need to be resurrected he's he was a rookie this year he's only had one year in the right. nfl um yeah. but he does need to be rebuilt a little bit is his his confidence needs needs to be revamped and um something one thing other thing i'll say and dave canales didn't actually say this in that answer but i heard it in a post presser interview when it comes to bryce he said um i want to help bryce uh turn his strengths the things that he does well i want those to become second nature and i want to turn his weaknesses into strengths Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was just perfectly put, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it like really that. does seem like he has a, a, a blueprint and a plan with Bryce. So we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see how it, how it plays out. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, next one is um, the infamous David Newton from ESPN um, asking Dave Canales, uh, why was the Panthers job attractive? And, uh, what were your thoughts coming to an organization that had fired three head coaches in the last five years? Leave it to David Newton for always asking the uh, awkward uh, questions. So, hey, you got to put it out there. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody has to do it. All right. Yeah, David Newton, ESPN.com. I wanted to ask you, welcome first. I uh, wanted to ask you, what made this job attractive? And secondly, what were your thoughts coming to an organization that had fired? three head coaches in five years. Yeah, so first and foremost in Seattle, like we never were anywhere close to touching the first overall pick. And the more that I got ready for this interview and start watching Bryce, looking at my notes from his eval, I mean, that's just a year ago. You know, we're, we're evaluating him as a player, as a person and with all the information that we could, I just got more and more fired up about the opportunity to have this amazing talent. And he's the guy. He's the right guy, so guy that you all that we all talk <laughs> yep. about when we have that quarterback, that that franchise, face of the franchise type of player. Um, and that got me really excited. And then just on top of that, you know, the I played against the Panthers twice, and and the job that EJ Evero did with the defense was really hard, really hard to deal with. Great sound football, playing hard, some great players in some spots and just the whole thing coming together. And then as I got to, you know, Dan and I have some history. So then I thought, shoot, 
If you look at some of the successful organizations, there's a dynamic relationship between the head coach and the GM. Um, and then, of course, as I've gotten to meet the Teppers, too, to feel their, com their competitive nature, their passion for what they want here, what they want to see when they come out to the practice field, and just kind of knowing I can be that without faking anything, without having to make something up. I just, I just felt more and more like this was going to be a great home, and, and I was really hoping, you know, as – as they were sorting through the names that I would, I would come out on as one of the top candidates. About coming to an organization that has fired three coaches in five years. Oh, I'm going to ask it again, way, David. I'm talking about today. I want to win today. And so for me, um, <laughs> coming into the situation, you know, same like Tampa is like, I want to look at what we have, what can we do, not what can't we do. And that's just my mentality. God, I love this guy. Uh, so, you know, for me, uh, you know, and of course, of course, he's he's going to, you know, say positive things mm. about Bryce Young. I, I get all that. But it's 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 not lost on me that he is someone who it seems uh, genuinely believes in Bryce Young. He wouldn't have gotten this job if he didn't. Let's be honest. I mean, he wouldn't have taken the job, maybe. You know, he like, wouldn't have taken. He wouldn't have taken it. He wouldn't have gotten it. All that stuff. Like Bryce Young was the centerpiece for all of this, and yeah. it's it's obvious that he believes in Bryce Young. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but one of the Panthers reporters put out an article um, today, and it went into a little bit more detail about some of his some of Dave Canales' thoughts on Bryce Young, and um, he he said that you know last year. Tampa Bay had the number 19 pick. Okay. They had a number 19 pick in the draft and um, they didn't know, of course, what the situation was going to be, but they, because they didn't know what their quarterback situation was going into the season at that point, they did yeah. evaluations on all the quarterbacks just in That's case. Yeah, yeah. Just in case they were in a situation where they could have gotten one of these guys. And he said unequivocally, that Bryce Young was their number one quarterback, Tampa Bay's mm -hmm. number one quarterback on their board. And they're, like I've said a thousand times, like we've said, the Panthers weren't crazy for picking Bryce, number one. No. There were other teams that would have done the exact same thing. So anyway, Most I, um, yeah, more, more than, more than not, you know, the majority I would say. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I just I love that he's he I love that he's excited about the opportunity and um he you can tell he he relishes the opportunity to work with Dan Morgan and have mm -hmm. that relationship with him. And uh I just I just it, it gets me fired up. And then I also, you know, it, it, David Newton comes back in at the end with like, oh you, you didn't answer my second part. Uh, <laughs> hey, I appreciate the hell out of that from a reporter though, because yeah. it is so easy but, to like what about the awkward question stuff. I asked you? You you skirted yeah. that one. Can you answer? Listen, and then, and then, but then Dave Canales' answer was, uh, "Yeah, yeah, I don't really. That's not how I operate. You know, I'm about today. You know, not going to worry about that. That's out of my control. He just see. He just yeah. seems very confident in himself. Yeah, he's not going to worry coaches, about that. I think coaches have to have that approach, though. They right. Yeah, they it's have it's next man up. It's the you yeah. got to win every down. You're just winning the next down. Like it's very much like a, I'm keeping everything in front of me, and that's mm -hmm. what I'm concerned about. Yep. Um. So I think that that's just kind of like a coach thing to a yeah. certain extent. 
but um, I do. I I wanted to go a different direction with yeah. uh, with the answer, and my question uh, back, you know, kind of to you is, Evero. Yes. Do he didn't get the Seattle job? Right. Is does he does he stay? I I I, I hope to God that he stays, but you know. What do you, do you think? He, what do you think happens there? I don't know. You're you're more too clued into that kind of stuff than I am. Yeah. Well, interestingly, uh, so we only have three more video clips. The next only. one, <laughs> yeah, only. <laughs> we were at an hour already. Um, the next one after this one I'm about to play is specifically about oh, okay Evero. Um, I didn't get to watch the whole press conference. I had to. Okay. I had to leave. But let's. I do let's appreciate revisit. the fact they have. Uh, Go ahead. I was just gonna say I do appreciate the fact that we actually had microphones today. For the, uh, yes, for the reporters. For the reporters. Uh I, I I shit on the Panthers every time they don't. So I feel yeah. like I at least have to mention and appreciate yeah. the fact that they did today. Guys, let's keep that up. Let's keep that going. Although the on the live stream on YouTube, oh. the audio was atrocious. It was Terrible. so bad. It was really bad. Really, it bad. was. Uh, I had the volume on my computer turned all the way up, and I was still like having to lean in like this yeah. to try and hear it. Um, but we'll get to the Evero thing in like okay, in just a second. Um, okay. all right, this clip here, uh, this is more of Dan Morgan. Uh, this one's only like 50 seconds, but it's more of Dan Morgan talking about the types of players that they want to bring in. Yeah, I think, I think when you talk about building the roster, Scott, um, you know, I think it's about it starts with competitors, guys that are passionate about football. Uh, we want to we want to draft guys and sign guys in free agency that are passionate about football, that love football. Um, we have a lot of guys in the locker room right now that love football and are passionate, but we need to get more. And, you know, the dog part of it, we need guys that are hungry to go out there and inflict pain on their opponents uh we need we need guys toughness we need physicality we need those type of things i mean just to put it plainly um we haven't had enough of that and that's going to be our dna to where when people drive up to bank of america stadium they know they're in for a dog fight so that's what we want to create here let's oh yeah go oh yeah. yeah let's go give me give me 22 dan morgans exactly <laughs> you know like just give me somebody that just has that that mentality and we're going to we're going to be okay it's going to take us a few years but you know it, i think that of anybody that can say that and have uh kind of the cachet or whatever to be able to say this is how we're going to do it uh, is the guy who played that way yeah i mean the guy had uh what is it like 18, 20 tackles, something like that in the uh, in the Super Bowl. He's a he was an animal. He was an animal. Yeah, he, he was beast. like the closest thing that we had to Luke Keekley before Luke Keekley came here. I think that's fair. Um, just, again, back to the, like, why did the Teppers decide to promote him and give him this job? This is yeah. a huge part of it. I, this I is know. a huge part of it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sound I hope too excited. I, listen, I hope I eat my words. I'm just trying not to be excited, damn it. I know, man. <laughs> Trust me. I, I'm tempering my expectations too. Like, I'm proceeding with caution. And yeah. I'm not sold on Dan Morgan as the GM either because yeah, of man. all the stuff we talked about. But he yeah. does, 
like I said, the language that he's using, yeah. the vibe that he's giving off, it's completely different than we got from Scott Fitterer. So hopefully yeah. the decision-making will be different too. Yeah. Um, now this one, this is to your to your question about Ajiro, uh, um, Evero. Uh, this is Joseph Person asking uh, Dave Canales about Evero and the defensive staff. So uh what he says. Plain and simple. Dave, um, you mentioned Ajero. What's your yeah. conf what's your confidence level? Is is the defensive staff gonna be back intact? Oh my gosh. I mean, just the respect factor that I have going against them. I know I know the scheme going against it. I'm really excited to learn more about the ins and outs as far as how the calls come in, the adjustments and all that. I just know it was really difficult on me for years. <laughs> uh, whether it was in <laughs> Seattle going against the Rams in that family. Um, or this year just going against EJ twice. So, and this is this is really important for me, um, especially as a as a first time head coach who's like, I'm here to make sure we get our football right, especially on the offensive side that we have that continuity um, with the players with with EJ. You know, just being able to have the mentality that I saw that was really challenging to play against. Okay. So uh, for me. It's obvious. It's obvious that he has a lot of respect for Evero and mm -hmm. his and his defense. There was a, a clip uh, that I shared on Twitter um, a couple weeks ago from Dave Canales in in a when he was still with our division rival, the Buccaneers. Uh, shout out Buccaneers! Thank you for Dave. Um, he uh, talked about Evero and he talked about. Uh, he went on for a couple minutes talking about how much respect he had for Evero yeah. and his defense and how difficult it was. Because you remember the last game of the season, I believe it was, we what do we yep. hold in the nine, nine points? No, I know, yeah. Um, so he he knows that it's legit and he's uh he obviously wants to work with Evero, but uh I don't think that his answer here was him confirming that Evero and his the defensive staff was gonna stay on. Yeah, no, that's not what I took from it. I took it like, hey, we would love to have him. He's phenomenal, and we yeah. would love to have the continuity on the defensive side as we work on the offensive side. Um, but it, it definitely fell far short of, um, yes, he's going to be back. Uh, I did say, I did think it was interesting, total side note, I hope this is not the last one we have, but was it Dan Morgan talking about Brent Tillis uh, taking uh, the contracts off of him? Oh yeah, I didn't. I don't have that clip, but that, yeah, that was that was really funny. <laughs> they asked about uh, Brent Tillis being hired, and he was like, "I can't right. wait to let him deal with all the uh, all the coaches." <laughs> right. It that's that's why I mentioned it, just you know, because right, of, right, right. of Evero and and whatnot. Uh, but I just thought that was kind of funny that he was like, "Yes, please, please handle that," um, and then <laughs> you know, well, we hope we get him back. Yeah. Oh crap! See, I knew that was gonna happen. Um, yeah, we have, uh, what do we have here? One more clip. Let me go to it. So this last clip here is going to be uh, Canalis talking about just sort of uh, the overarching plan, overarching approach. And uh, then we'll we'll get on out of here after this one. The critical and pivotal moments in those games. So, um, you know, speaking about a specific plan there, you know, there's a there's a bunch of critical variables. You know, I don't want to get too much into the football philosophy at this point, but um, just know, like, it starts with the ball 
for me. Um, there's a way to win fo- win games in the NFL. It's defense. It's run game. It's an explosive pass game that comes off of that run game. And then in the pass game, it's getting that ball out in 2-7 or less. That's a critical deal for me. Like it's that. Been a, it's been a really important number for us yeah. in Seattle. And being able to just track that for decision-making, for route timing, the protection and all that, it all kind of fits into this uh, really good brand of football that um, that is complementary um, as we see as we go through the uh, season. So um, again, more more coach speak, but I, I just I like his I like his philosophy and the things that he's describing are it's not him just blowing smoke, it's what mm-hmm. they did in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, you you have the run game married to the play action pass game the explosive plays tampa bay was amazing with the pass game yeah. they were not uh conversely um were were i think towards the bottom if not last in the league in total rushing on the season but there's an asterisk or a caveat to that or however you say um, the the season started out slowly for them from a run perspective. They right. gained steam, picked up steam as the season went on. And I think they had a three or four game stretch where they rushed for like 125 plus four games in a row, something like that, I believe. Um, but uh, his offense is it's it's runs on first down, uh, sometimes on second down. It's a lot of under center play action, which is what we saw a little bit more of from Bryce towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Cause remember with Frank Reich, it was like shotgun, like 99% mm-hmm. of the time. And we were yeah. all just like, why, what, what are we doing here? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it all sounds great. You know, again, it's, we'll have to wait and see. Um, and also it's important to note, I think that uh, none of this is going to, is going to work if we don't get better weapons on offense. Yep. Um, yeah. so they've got a lot of work, a lot of work to be done on that. But did you have any specific uh, takeaways from that or is it kind of the same, what I said? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much what you said. I, yeah. I, I think that, uh, I can see how, uh, he interviewed well, right. um, you know, he's, he's super well-spoken. He has a very clear understanding of what he wants to do, and he has a clear vision of what that looks like. Yeah, and um, it sounds like he and Dan Morgan are are mainly on the same page with those. At least that's the that's the front that they're putting up. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just going to take it's going to take the right players. You know, when they asked Dan Morgan about whether he was going to try to trade back into the first round to get a first round draft pick, he was like, "Well, I mean, we already have the thirty third pick. It's." there's going to be a good guy there, <laughs> you know? And he's like, he's like, so I don't really know. Like we might trade back. We might, maybe we trade yeah. up, but like at 33, we're still okay. Um, So I, I don't know. There's just, there's just so much work to be done. And, mm-hmm. and the coach and the GM are certainly huge pieces to, to put in there. We already have Bryce young there, but God, yeah. like the rest of the offense we just need a we need a totally new offense. Which receivers and new everybody, offensive <laughs> like, line and receivers. And just we, we just put everybody picks. back in the hat and draw more players back out. You know, like that's what we need to be able to do. So I, yeah. I, I think my main takeaways from uh, from the press conference 
there's a lot they said a lot of really good things they mm-hmm. said you know uh, a lot of what the fan base wanted to hear uh i think if i was a player watching that i could be excited about uh you know the upcoming season but i think as a fan again i'm gonna we've been burned so many times lately yeah. i know and it's been it's been so rough for over half a decade uh jesus when I, you put it like that well wow. i mean that's true. I, I want I want I want to be excited and I'm not going to waver in my being a fan of the Panthers but yeah. I am squarely in the wait and see camp of let's just see how some of this goes because yeah we all thought last year we had hired the greatest coaching staff uh known to the NFL and then we shit the bed so uh you know <laughs> I don't know man I don't know what to expect but um I hope, I hope that things go as well as these guys can talk about things going well. You know how I am. I am the eternal optimist. I'm glass yeah. glass half full. I know. Um, I am always looking for silver linings. I'm always looking for something to get excited about. Because let's be honest, at the end of the day. What's the point of being a fan if you can't find things to get excited about? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, that said, you can you can you can be that way, be optimistic, be hopeful, and be excited, but also proceed with caution. And that's kind of where I yeah. am. Um, yeah. I'm I'm sure I don't want to get my I don't want to get my heart broken again. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I can't deny we don't we don't know what's going to happen on the field. Um, that's all going to come with time, but I cannot deny that, uh, I'm extremely impressed with Dave Canales. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that we, I think that we are probably a year early at, at least, which is why he didn't get any other head coach interviews this cycle. Mm -hmm. To be fair, I mean, geez, this, this is a rapid rise. Well, it is, but I was going to say this head coach hiring cycle, like the candidates, the collective. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a more competitive head mm-hmm. coach cycle with the candidates, some of the candidates that they had. I mean, you had arguably, probably not arguably, the greatest NFL coach of all time on, mm-hmm. out there as an option. You had Jim Harbaugh coming off of a national championship as an option. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the Ben Johnsons and the Bobby Slowicks who didn't even end up getting jobs and return to their teams. My point is it's, it was a super competitive coaching hiring cycle. Mm-hmm. I, so I feel like we were early on Canales, but I also feel like based on the research I've done, based on what I've simply based on what I've seen Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans say, I really think that we potentially stole the Buccaneers future head coach because really? there are, there are people now saying that they hope that the current head coach Todd Bowles gets fired and that they just move in a different direction because they feel Mm -hmm. like Dave Canales and the offense was the only thing kind of keeping that team afloat this past season. Interesting. And so um, I'm, I'm very excited about him from a football perspective. Um, And this may not mean as much to other people, but uh, it, it, it means something to me. Um, I'm bought into Dave Canales, the person right now. Yeah. He seems like just the energy that he has, 
Um, I mean, I'm a pretty energetic person, but mm-hmm. I mean, he makes me look like like Eeyore out there. I mean, the energy that he brings. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a lot of Eeyore references. I don't know why yeah. I'm going back to the well on that, but um, the uh, the energy that he brings, the humility that he shows, um, the gratitude that he has, that you can tell that he has. Um, I think that players are going to buy in to him very yeah. quickly because yeah, he just I can see it. he's just such a genuine person. Austin Corbett um, did a short short little interview after the press conference today, and, and he just said, as far as Dave Canales's press conference, as far as you know his energy and everything, um, he was like, "This is incredible." I mean, just I haven't even met the guy yet. I just I just now saw him for the first time at this press conference myself. And he's just essentially said like, it's impressive. Um, when a guy comes in with that kind of energy, uh, there's a different feel to it. And he was like, and some he's like, players can sniff out when yeah. a coach has manufactured energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, it's, this is, this is genuine. Like you can tell um, this guy is excited about this he's grateful for the opportunity he he's he wants to succeed and he wants to do a good job um and i just think um for what it's worth i think players are going to buy into him and and i think he could end up being the perfect type of coach for bryce young time will tell yeah remains to be remains to be seen but um i could see them working working pretty well together Mm -hmm. uh all right I think that's all I got. Anything else on your end? No, I think we're good. We covered uh, we covered a lot. Um, yeah. I the, the only other thing I want to mention. Uh, oh yeah. I mentioned him a couple times. Brant Tillis. Yes. Um, you know the success that he had in uh, Kansas City. He's the one that was able to manufacture mm-hmm. their roster to be able to sign Patrick Mahomes to whatever yep. four hundred million bucks it was. Um, he's, uh, I, I saw a number of comments from people within the league that said he is like brilliant and the smartest person in whatever room yeah. he kind of walks into. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> we obviously are going to need to work miracles with our roster. <laughs> um, and so I am excited that he hopefully will be able to come in and do some things. Yeah. What do, I mean, I don't know what those things are, but I hope he does them. It, it's, it. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that, um, that like when I say people, I mean like people in football circles, um, on, on, on social media and say that this, the Panthers hiring Brant Tillis was one of the best hires in so far that any team has made. Great. And, um, yeah, fantastic. So I like that we're structuring, we're sort of, we're trying to structure our front office, our team, the way that the 49ers have, um, And I really like that. And I think that by all accounts, yeah, Tillis is like a, a, a super intelligent guy, a cap a cap wizard. I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with Brian Burns and Derek Brown and Frankie yeah. Louvu and all those guys. Um, I'm still, I'm still torn on Brian Burns. I don't know if you've changed, like if you've had a change of heart or mm. if you're still kind of in the same boat, but I'm still just like, man, I would love to like, you don't elite edge rushers don't grow on trees. And so it would be stupid yeah. to get rid of him. Right. 
But then on the other side, I'm like, yeah, but we haven't paid him yet. And he's asking for more than we want to pay him. And, you know, what could we potentially get back for him? Uh, That's kind of intriguing. I don't know. I don't know. I probably, I think if I had to lean one way, I probably lean more towards wanting to keep him. Yeah. But it's tough. It's tough. Well, you know, the good news is there's people that are getting paid way more money than us to make those decisions. And we just get to sit here and criticize them. So, um, it's perfect. You know, yes, yeah, it's a win win for us. Win win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're good, I'm good. Yeah. Yep. I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight, everybody. Thank you so much for listening or for watching on YouTube. We are very grateful for your support as well as your time. And uh, have a great rest of your week. Until next time, uh, keep purring and keep pounding.